Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, welcome to episode 148 of the podcast for May 22nd, 2012. Our guests today are co-authors of the new book titled Lean Light Hospital Design, Creating the Efficient Hospital of the Future, and they are Nada Grundon, who was previously a guest on episode 112, and her co-author, Charles Haygood, of Healthcare Performance Partners. Uh, it's a great book. Um, we're going to talk about some of the key themes in the book about what is lean-led hospital design, how do you get staff members involved, how do you get everyone collaborating, including architects, uh, construction companies, um, hospital staff and leaders, to create the best combination of processes and space that are going to lead to the best um, care, the best stay for patients, and uh, as well as providing support to healthcare professionals. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Check out the book. You can go to leanblog.org slash 148 to find links to learn more about the book and how to buy it. Thanks for listening. Well, Nada and Charles, it's a pleasure to have you both here on the podcast today. Thanks for inviting us, Mark. This is great. Yeah, it's great to be here. Now, Nada, you know, longtime listeners will have already heard you, um, you know, in our earlier podcast. But um, for the audience this time, can you introduce yourself and some of your background and uh, experiences with Lane? Sure. I'm uh, Nada Grundon. I started as communications director with the um, fledgling Pittsburgh Regional Health Initiative back in 2001 when it was just getting started. And over the years, I collected some of the first case studies from their partner hospitals across Pittsburgh of these big improvements that they were making when Toyota-based lean improvements were applied and, and began to be understood in hospital settings. So the base, those stories became the basis of my first book, which is called The Pittsburgh Way to Efficient Healthcare. But then since 2008, I've been working with Charles Haygood of Healthcare Performance Partners here, and he came up with the concept for a book about the way lean can and should influence hospital design. Yeah, and, and as I should have mentioned uh, for listeners, if they want to find the earlier episode, it's podcast 112, um, leanblog.org slash 112. It's talking about that um, first book, The Pittsburgh Way, and, and the adaptation of aviation checklists to, to patient safety and overlap with lean. So I would encourage people go back um, to listen to that. And uh, Charles Haygood, if you can um, likewise give an introduction to yourself and your work, please. Sure. Uh, Charles Haygood, was the, I'm the founder of Healthcare Performance Partners, which we call HPP for short, and I founded the company in 2004 after previously working in healthcare as a part of my uh, former parent company, The Access Group, which I was also the founder of. And The Access Group group worked with manufacturers of all types, but primarily uh, those within the automotive industry and, and the consumer goods industry and some aerospace work. And then in 2004, after I uh, had a healthcare experience of my own with a family member, uh, truly recognized that uh, healthcare needed lean as a way of doing business. And uh, so I launched Healthcare Performance Partners at that time. I also was a former partner in an architectural firm that the Access Group owned, and uh, we worked with many organizations within the industry, especially uh, many of the top-tier auto firms. And uh, we saw early on that process was, was a process focus was how you designed all facilities. You would never dream of designing a facility and forcing your process to fit into that facility. Rather, you would design the ideal future state, and then you would wrap the facility around it. So that's uh, some of the early work we did. Uh, in lean lead design was in an industry, but in recent years focused exclusively on the healthcare industry. 
Yeah, and I think it's been an interesting evolution, as I'm sure you've seen. You know, uh, 10 years ago, people were using Lean to try to improve existing processes. Um, you know, there's some you know, changes you can make to workflow, um, let's say rearranging instruments within a hospital laboratory and, and some things that you can do. But um, boy, the, this this trend now of um, taking advantage of the opportunity with all this healthcare construction that's been going on to try to um, design things, as, as you said, with process and space design working hand in hand. So we'll, we'll dig more into that. Um, back to Nada, can you tell us yeah, tell us a little bit of the story of um, how the book came to be. You know, why why write this? And um, I mean, it's an important book. It's a great book. Um, how how did it how did it get to be? Well, I was really I was really captured by um, Charles's imagination when he talked about lean led hospital design because I know and your listeners are aware, well aware of the transformation in the workplace that can take place when lean process improvements are implemented. So process improvements I knew and I was familiar with, but. Um, you, and, of course, you wrote that terrific essay in the appendix about lean versus lame, meaning lean as misguidedly explained. And that's a great essay that shows the difference between how lean can genuinely help or it can be used as an excuse not to change. So that's all about the process. But as we know, and your listeners know, uh, where it's implemented well, lean creates this great and peaceful environment of continuous improvement. So... Um, and the other the other effects, waste and cost decline, safety and satisfaction go up. Well, the question that Charles asked me that really captured my imagination was, let's tackle this book this way. If lean is about continuous improvement, can we create an environment, in other words, the building, that can continuously improve too? And I thought, wow. So what we discovered in writing this book is that um, before design ever begins, the people across the organization have to decide how to design their work so that it can be easy to do the right thing every time. So rather than rely on architects, you know, the usual thing is you call the architect and you say, hey, make us up one of those lean hospitals, would you? And that's just not the approach because, as you know, the work has got to start with the process improvement. The process is like one of two gears. The process drives the design of the hospital. So, I mean, I'll give just one example. There was a hospital that discovered they were currently making patients go to 14 different locations on four different floors just to accomplish their day surgery. So that complexity, that hadn't been designed. That had just sort of crept in over the years. So as they designed their new hospital, they uncovered how complex the current system was. So they made sure that in the new hospital, the patient was going to have a simple U-shaped path on one floor with four stops. And by the way, it inspired them to start fixing their current process in the old hospital right away rather than wait for the new hospital to be built. So those sorts of stories um, began to began to really hit home for me. Lean, for lean-led design to succeed, you have to have this huge, broad coalition of workers from all levels of authority, and they have to have a say in the design, and that get into really great detail, more than just your average user group or leaders getting together and saying how they think it ought to be. Um, so rather than being in the lead from the start, the architects now start out as team members and take the lead much later. So it increases the time and money spent up front. It's a pretty big leap of faith, but we've discovered that it dramatically reduces time and cost across the rest of the process. I'm sure Charles would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I'd like to ask Charles for an example, but uh, you know, I want to reflect on what you said. I like how you describe um, you know, such patient-focused improvements, um, even down to the standpoint of having um, a peaceful environment, um, peaceful for for staff, you know, less frustrating, less stressful. I think that translates into being a, a nicer 
um, environment for for patients. So I think that's um, a, a great thing to be able to emphasize. Now back over um, to Charles. Um, what you know is there anything that you would add on to Nada's kind of high level description of lean lead design or any examples that that are favorites of yours? Well, actually, uh, the whole idea behind the book and, and actually the business of healthcare performance partners uh, began with a personal experience, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, I recall uh, sitting in the hospital with my father for an ex- extended period of time, and I, I just noticed the amount of waste that uh, was forced upon the caregiver, the frustration that they experienced. Certainly, my father and, and, and I, as a family member, experienced as well. Just the, the constant, uh, the constant interruptions, the uh, the, the the flow and, and the layout of, of the room and the uh, the locations and logistics associated with the supplies needed to provide care, and it, it was it was just purely it was very obvious that uh, this created a, a very inefficient environment, but in, in no way did it contribute to the quality of care that I felt like he deserved. So uh, early on, uh, I, I observed that uh, there was ample opportunities for us in, in the design of this physical plant. Uh, around the patient uh, and the caregiver, for that matter. Uh, you know, and, and Nita and I have had a lot of conversations around this, and we've observed this in our work all over the U.S., and that is many organizations will embark upon a design project or a construction project, whereas they maybe didn't even need to, to move in that direction, given that it was actually the process uh, that was broken. Uh, it was the utilization of current equipment current facilities, uh, current technology that was actually the problem, not the physical plant. So we've, we've seen that in many cases. Now, what are, I mean, how do you describe, Charles, some of the, the benefits or some examples of, um, you know, the cases where you're able to kind of help quantify the impact that um, this application of, you know, this design and build process has had either for, you know, construction timing or the end results for um, the owners, users, patients? Well, never is it just the architects that should be involved, or nor the staff uh, just being involved in the process. Certainly, you would want to bring together all entities involved uh, in the process, including engineering firms that may be involved uh, with the design of, of, of their uh, of, of the equipment that may be used. Uh, equipment planners need to be involved. Uh, you certainly want the construction team at the table as well. Uh, many folks today would call that an IPD, an Integrated Product Development Team, and in industry, Mark, which you may be familiar with uh, as well as we we coined the term IPT, which is an Integrated Product Team. Uh, that is, in our, my opinion, is the approach that uh, needs to be utilized. Whereas all stakeholders and and all contributors are at the table, you know, playing a playing a vital role in in the design of the new facility. But some of the examples. Of, of the impact of that approach that we've seen uh, include uh, reducing the uh, amount of time from, from master plan to move in by up to 25, 30%, uh, 40% less square footage required in storage areas. Uh, and of course, you have to have the process uh, behind that to take advantage of that. Uh, 25% less uh, square footage overall in some cases. Uh, we've seen instances where there's a 75% reduction in the cost of shelling. Uh, versus a traditional uh, traditional facility. Now, you know, th- this process is quite a change uh, for the staff. You know, seeing where hospitals, um, like I think Nada said, are, are often expecting the hospital, the architects to just hand them something. And, and this um, lean-led design approach requires so much more participation 
um, from from people. It requires time. Um, it's also got to be very different from the standpoint of the architects who might used to might be used to driving things in a different way. Can um, I'll throw this open to either of you? Um, share some experiences about um, how has it been to get architects to adopt this new approach, or some of the architects actually you know kind of driving and pushing this, or, or are the hospitals pulling them into this um, new style of collaboration? Well, I can just talk about one of the talks that I gave down in Arizona to a group of architects, and I was a little bit leery. I thought, gosh, I don't know if they're going to go for this uh, new approach where they're not in the lead from the start. And by the time I got done describing what lean-led design is, there were several of the young architects that came up and wanted to talk some more and say, where is there a hospital CEO? I'd like to work with somebody who thinks like this. So I think that was a very encouraging sign because uh, uh, architecture is as almost as complicated. It's a very complicated discipline. And construction of hospitals is a very complicated discipline, and the provision of healthcare is a very complicated discipline. So to get all of that um, streamlined and marching in the same direction, there's a tremendous amount of streamlining and benefit to be had from that. But I don't know. What do you think, Charles, about the, the readiness of architects? Well, I think there's a chasm there. I think uh, there are uh, architects uh, on one side of the equation that have embraced this as a way of doing business or want to embrace it as a way of doing business. I also think there are some of the more traditional approaches in architecture that uh, are going to be a, a, a tough paradigm to break for some uh, for some architectural organizations. I think, uh, Mark, as you described, I think many uh, many healthcare organizations are actually pulling the architects to this as a way of doing business. I think some of uh, some of the architectural firms have recognized this as a differentiator for them to embrace this as a way of doing business to design the facility around the process. And uh, there are stark differences between a traditional architectural design approach and a lean-led design approach. I think those firms that are going to survive long term are those that recognize that. But I think uh, it, it's it's been it's been a little slower than I would like. But I, I have seen some significant improvement just in the last 18 to 24 months in this space. And Charles, who are some of the hospital healthcare organizations that you've uh, featured in the book? Some of the some of those that are on the leading edge of having used this lean led design approach. Well, uh, and there's various elements of lean led design which we describe in the book, from everything from master planning and pre design, schematic design, all the way through move in and post occupancy. So there are organizations that are that are I think further along in, in certain aspects of that continuum than others, uh, but. You know, we, we, we discuss Sutter Health in the book. There's obviously work that uh, Theta Care is doing in this space as well. We, we highlighted uh, Monroe Clinic, who, which uh, just uh, followed this process and move in in, in Monroe, Wisconsin, and doing some really, have done some really good things there uh, as well. Uh, you know, there are pockets of this work being done all over the country, and uh, there, there are the problem with that I hear from many architects and construction companies are that we they're getting RFPs from from healthcare organizations and they, they describe them as a vegetable soup of services. They 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 throw in they give me a a, a three pack of Six Sigma and a half a case and a, a value stream here and a theory of constraints there and you know they're throwing all the buzzwords that they've ever heard into the RFPs, not really understanding what that means. And so there's there's still a lot of education that has to take place in this space. 
you know, one of the things I'll say was um, when we first started this project, I thought, well, I can understand how lean would add a lot of value when you're in the very beginning, you're doing concept and design and you you haven't put the pencil to the paper yet. But the first place that Charles sent me was to a hospital in Virginia where they were just moving in. The hospital was already built. The opportunities for doing lean-led design on the hospital were already consumed. And I thought, well, I, I can't imagine what kind of value we're going to add here. And it was fascinating. It's one of the early chapters in the book, uh, and I devote quite a lot of time to the value that can be derived from implementing Lean 5S Visual Workplace on Move-In. It's that uh, amount of time and money saved, uh, money regained from from um, equipment and, and stuff going back in a timely fashion was uh, quite amazing. And the amount of stuff they needed in that hospital was considerably less than a hospital of its size. So I think one of the other hopeful messages in the book is that lean, no, no matter where you are in your process of building or, or thinking about it, there's a spot where lean's going to help you uh, realize some value. Well, and something, Mark, uh, that I'd like to add to that is that you know, we hear many hospitals and healthcare organizations say to architects and, and construction teams that we want you to give us a, we want to hire you to give us a, uh, a lean hospital, and while you know that's great, and while physical plant certainly plays a role in that, uh, you can have the best technology, you can have the best people, the best equipment, and certainly the best facilities available. But at the end of the day, you're only as good as your ability to integrate those into a into a, a, a patient focused, patient centered, caregiver centered approach and, and process. So it's the system. Uh, at the end of the day that's going to make that happen. But again, physical plant and layout and uh, design can play a big role. Right, that's exactly right. In fact, that is one of the early points that we make, and that is if you aren't lucky enough to have a budget and you maybe feel like you need to be doing some remodeling in your hospital, but you can't, don't take that as an excuse uh, that you can't make improvements because you can improve your processes all the time uh, with some pretty dramatic results without building. So there's lots to learn. Yeah. I mean, it can be as simple sometimes as moving three tables or sometimes it means, you know, completely renovating or completely rebuilding new space. So, you know, any of those different extremes or as you point out and, and describe so well in the book at those different stages in the process that if somebody is beyond those initial meetings and uh, that, 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 that they don't have to wait 30 years for the next new building that they can jump in and um, even you know, and, and apply these principles and concepts because as you're both saying it's really about um, not just the smart design but the of, of space and processes the continuous improvement of both and and there's just a lot of great stuff um, in the book so I'm glad you're able to um, share a little bit about that today. Um, the title, again, is Lean Light Hospital Design, Creating the Efficient Hospital of the Future. Uh, it's available uh, in, in paperback through Amazon and other sources. It's in Kindle format for those of you who read that way. Uh, there, there's a website for the book as well. That's right. Yes, there it's is. LeanLedHospitalDesign.com. Okay, and I'll, I'll link to that in uh, the show notes, the, the blog post. For the episode, um, you can find Nada at nadagrunden.com to learn more about her and her work. Um, Charles, um, Healthcare Performance Partners, is at hpp.bz is the website. And, and Charles, maybe as a you know, final thought, anything else you would have to say um, about your firm for the audience? Well, we uh, have uh, greatly enjoyed the opportunity we've had to work with firms all over the U.S. Uh, and in, in the Europe as well and in 
incorporating this approach uh, into the design and, and planning of a new facility. And we, we get asked often, you know, what do we need to look for in a firm, uh, an architectural firm, that uh, that would want to partner with us in this type of work, or you know, who should we look for as we're as we're sending out RFPs? Uh, I would challenge uh, any healthcare organization to look for a firm that actually is uh, making lean a way of doing business for their own operation, and and they have a system by which they operate to as well, and uh, they need to make sure that uh, lean is just not a bolt-on or a thing that they've added on to just how they do work. Uh, it needs to be integrated and integral as to how they do business themselves. Yeah. Well, great points. Um, both of you again, Nada Grundin and Charles Haggard. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show with us today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for, uh, for all you do for, for Lean. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For Lean News and Commentary Updated Daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.